All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to our first edition of our monthly Real Brothers Book Club. Uh, my name is TL of Real Brothers, and tonight we will be discussing the Real Brothers, uh, actually, uh, Ellie Mistow's book, um, which is entitled uh, Allow Me to Retort. It's a very good book. I highly recommend this book because it breaks down uh, the Constitution and the laws of our, uh, the governing laws of our country, and it breaks it down into uh, the basics where regular, like you don't have to be a lawyer to understand, and that's, and that's, and that's, that's why I like this book so much. Um, I'm just going to wait a little bit uh, to, uh, you know, wait for a few users to join. And uh, then we'll get right to it. Um, one of the things that we that I like about the uh, Real Brothers uh, books and everything, excuse me, the uh, Real Brothers Book Club, is that we're going to be bringing a lot of books. Uh, we're going monthly to the. Um, we're going to be bringing a lot of books to our our community uh, because. If you want to be a leader, you got to be a reader, right? So uh, we're, we're going to uh, start uh, covering books that are, uh, you know, kind of important literature uh, for, for, for our community. You know what I mean? Uh, for real brothers and sisters, especially the black community. Not, not saying that, you know, if, if, you, if you're not black, you can't join the book club. But we're, we're just trying to get a more, uh, we're trying to get our people to read, up, you know, uh, up their reading so, so that, uh, you know, we can, we can start to, to, we can start to, to get invested in, in, in our education and our spiritual, spirituality and also uh, our consciousness. So that that's basically what we're trying to do is is raise the level of spirituality and raise the level of consci consciousness of our uh, of our brothers and sisters. All right. So um, while I'm while I'm waiting for a few people to join, I'm going to uh, take a just take a look at what we got going here, and I'll uh, give a give a a little uh, presentation or I'll give a little bit of what we're going to be covering. Um, I didn't cover every single chapter because uh, that, would, that would probably take a, a little more time than the, than, the, than the time we have allotted for this. Um, but if you pick up the book, you can, you, you, know, you can go through every chapter and every chapter is, is pretty good. I just picked out the ones uh, that I thought would be important uh, you know, for our community or, or important for, you know, just important for the review of the actual book. And uh, we had Ellie on the show uh, a couple months ago and man, he, he laid it down, you know, and he told us where he got his inspiration to do what he does. And uh, man, he's, he's like the modern day James, James Baldwin. This is going to be 
a, a, a good literary literary read as well as a good educational piece for people who may not be as uh, who 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 may not have as good a grasp on our constitution and the laws of the land. So uh, with that, let me just get started. So the first the the, the first chapter that I'm going to go over is uh, is chapter number three. Or actually, it's chapter number two. Bigotry is illegal, even if you've been ordered to do it by Jesus. And as you can tell, Ellie has a uh, <laughs> he has a way with words too, and and that's what I enjoy about it too. It's not just the straightforward legal jargon that you may be uh, that you may be uh, used to. And uh, like I said, he he broke it down in layman's terms, where everybody can actually uh, you know everybody can actually uh, enjoy it. All right, so he starts off and says, you can't have a conversation with a Republican about virtues of pro progressive policies in this country without running into that Republicans inter interpretation of the Second Amendment. You know, they're all about the guns and, you know, and the thing is, they kind of, he, he, he kind of explains where the, our the the people who wrote the constitution well first off let me say this the people that wrote the constitution it was it was the the, the constitution was written by colonizers and slave owners for other colonizers and slave owners so that is kind of the first thing that the 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 constitution has a strike in my book about you know its fairness its its uh its actual uh for forethought of what this country would turn into because i mean they brought us over by the boatloads but i guess they didn't figure that we would ever be to the point where we would have the same equal rights as as those those black slave owners which we actually don't still uh but they frame it in a way they have it framed in a way that uh it's based on it can be turned and based on a certain interpretation all right and he explains that in the book so um the first one he's talking about is the second amendment which is uh, a real, a, a real, a well, it's tongue twister, uh, a well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But the thing is, you know, when, when they were talking about that, they, they, they didn't think that they didn't have the same weapon weaponry that's available to the general public that they have now. And, and, and one of the things just like take in the last, what, 10 days, I think we've had, you know, how many mass shooting two uh, two two ma two mass shootings, if not, no, actually three mass shootings. So there's, there's actually more mass shootings that occurred than the actual days of the week that, you know, 
in the time frame uh, and a small amount of time. So, I mean, I don't think the people that wrote this document, uh, you know, the Constitution, had any forethought that that was going to be the case. And if they did, I mean, then shame on them. All right. And so he also states here that the court cannot take judicial notice that a shotgun having a barrel less than 18 inches long has today any reasonable relation to the preservation or efficiency of a well-regulated militia and therefore cannot say that the Second Amendment guarantees to the citizen the right to keep and bear such a weapon. So he goes in on, you know, on the NRA and, uh, you know, the Gun Control Act that was written in 1986. And he explains, he explains it, uh, actually how it was written. Um, so, so the, 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 it, it, it's it's a it's a it's like a catch twenty two. Well, it's not even a catch twenty two. It's just that you know these these some of these outdated some of these laws are outdated, especially when you consider the growth of the population. You know the 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 issues that we currently have in this society with people killing people for no reason, especially like in our neighborhoods. In our in our black neighborhoods, we have young people as young as I've even heard people like 10, 11, you know, I've heard of people 10 and 11 having guns. I mean, that. that wow, that that's that like blows the mind, man. Like that shouldn't even be a uh, that, that shouldn't even be possible. But, you know, I digress. I'll, uh, and as, that was just chapter three. And also what I did was. Um, for tonight's review, uh, I, I I added chapters four, five, and six because they all did those chapters deal with uh, well for for one chapter four is stop frisking me uh, right and then chapter five is uh, attack dogs are not are not reasonable and chapter six is why you can't punch a cop so those three chapters are sort of related so i just uh kind of mushed them together just just for time's sake so he goes in and uh you know talks about how the uh the 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 the, the stop and frisk laws are are un unconstitutional and how there there is a there is a well, well, there should be. There should be the, the the police should have a reason to stop and frisk you. Like they shouldn't be able to look at you and say, "Oh, okay, this guy is a black guy and he's in a white neighborhood, and he's you know, we we should ch check him out and see what he's doing." No, that that's that's not that's not. And and they have it framed under the reasonable suspicion well what, what is reasonable suspicion you know what i mean unless you see him carrying a gun or he's actually breaking into a house like you know reasonable suspicion is kind of he and, and he states it here uh, on page 49 he said uh giuliani and bratton did then reasonable suspicion becomes a joke 
And uh, they, when you set the bar uh, for crime as low as uh, Giuliani and Bratton did, then that reasonable suspicion is kind of is like it, it, that's just race, race, basic racism on its face. Um, so yeah, and then we have the uh, uh, attack dogs, which you know, uh, and this is like attack dogs when they're pro when people are protesting and and cops uh are allowed to 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 bring out a a, a, a say a drug sniffing dog without any reasonable uh without any reasonable evidence or or reasonable suspicion you know that you've even even done anything you know what i mean so uh he covers that as well as um in chapter six, uh, which is a funny chapter, actually, is why you can't punch a cop. Okay, so they get into why you can't punch a cop because a cop can, they have qualified immunity, first of all, which that that is, and this this chapter talks about that, which is which is trash, um, which which makes them not have to be accountable for 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 you know, when they do uh, assault assault a, a, a person. Um, and the thing is, if you if a cop hits you and you hit a cop back, first thing they're going to say is that you assaulted a cop. But, I mean, should they have the right to, to should they have the right to, to assault you first? You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a, there, there, there's plenty of he he lists plenty of precedent and actually how the book actually turned into uh, excuse me uh how how the uh how the laws actually uh, uh how how the supreme court actually interpreted the laws in favor of police and and police unions uh for one case, he gave the uh, Ninth Circuit's rule in 2017, uh, the County of Los Angeles versus Mendez. Um, let's see. Uh, the facts in Mendez are a gross example of abuse and police power. Uh, Angel Mendez and his wife, Jennifer, were homeless, living in a shack in a, in a friend's backyard. The police searching for armed parolee came across those windowless shack, came across their windowless shack while researching, researching the friend's premises without a warrant or even so much as a knock and announce uh, that they were law enforcement. The police barged into the shack. So the police alleged that Mendez reached for a BB gun, which he owned for shooting rats. And the cops opened fire, unleashing 15 shots. And he was shot mo multiple times. And his wife, who was pregnant at the time, was shot in the back and in the hand. Thank thankfully, they survived, but 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 they and and was was able to sue. But even though they sued, uh, judges ruled the, a judge ruled that uh, shooting a lady in the uh, because he had a BB gun and shooting a pregnant lady in the back was reasonable use of force under the circumstance. 
I mean, and and, and that's kind of crazy because it. Anyway, please pick up this book. This is this is a good read. I mean, this this it goes over all this precedent and different cases, and things that uh things that not only black people but people in general need to know because you need to know your rights in order to be able to navigate, especially when it comes to dealing with police and law enforcement. So, I mean, and, and that leads us to uh, chapter seven and which another thing he, 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 the way this book is laid out, it actually, it flows very nice. It goes from, you know, bang, 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 bang. And it doesn't leave you like, well, what the hell is he talking about? You know what I mean? It actually explains everything in, in, in pretty much uh, a, a, a good succession. All right, so num uh, chapter number seven, he's talking about stopping police brutality. All right. And uh, he, he mentions the, uh, the Fourth Amendment. And the Fourth Amendment uh, does, he says, the, 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 the Fourth Amendment does all the work uh, when you're talking about uh, the last, uh, the Constitution and the end of the end of the scourge of police violence against black people and it states here the right of people to be secure in their persons houses papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. Boom. <laughs> he says, and this is him. This, this is him. Uh, make people stop because they're, they're black is an unreasonable search. Make shooting people because they're black an unreasonable seizure. Make shall not be violated include actually prosecuting cops and holding them personally accountable when they violate these principles. And, and that's when we go back to uh, talking about the qualified immunity. And he explains all of that uh, in, the, in the book as well. Yeah, this is, this is uh, really uh, a good read. Um, all right, so then we go to, and this chapter, I really, really liked it because it gave me a lot of, information that I didn't have before uh, chapter nine, which is uh, the taking of black land. Okay. So what he was talking about in this chapter was uh, actually Seneca village, which was in New York city. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone has heard of uh, central park, right? Uh, central park in New York. Well, that used to be a place called uh, Seneca Village, which was a, a, a black populated community and neighborhood. So uh, they actually seized that land from these people in order to create a park. And, and, and the thing is, that was done with little to no, you know, that it was done unfairly first of all 
uh, because of like zoning and what the, what they call it, uh, eminent domain. Yeah, and he uh, he explains you know all of that about eminent domain and how eminent domain is one of those established established laws that basically took away a lot of uh, black people's ability to gain uh, to gain generational wealth. Because the, the, the quickest way in this country to start generating wealth is to own property, right? So, so these people in Seneca Village owned, owned property. Everybody owned their own house. Um, they had their own neighborhood. There was no, there was low crime. There was no, but they took this area and they took it for pennies on the dollar. Uh, so just imagine those same people today, if those families were to still have those, that if that command, if that community still existed today and those people still own those houses, do you know how much that land, those, those, those houses and that land would be worth today? Like in the millions, like, so this is all in this book and, 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 I like the way he broke it down because he 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 gives you exact instances of the 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 eminent domain uh, cases and 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 explains how how and how they were allowed to do it and uh, this is all the Supreme Court. I mean, it's 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 if you like, it's all a joke. It's all a joke. Like they, this is, we please read this book. My goodness, it is so, it is good. It is, it is awesome. In order to, for us to, 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 in order to us, in order for us to journey to further, uh, to, to be able to go further in life, in order for us to change our plight, in order from us to go from, you know, uh, a, a lower class of, of, of income, we, we need to know what's going on. And one way to go on, and one way to know what's going on is to know the laws of our land and how in this instance, well, in most instances, how they are against the uh, the the forward progress of black people and and and, and you know and, and others okay so anyway uh once again so uh now we're going to go we're going to switch gears a little bit and uh go to chapter 10 which talks about a jury of your white peers. And he explains why he put white peers in there as well. Because in most, uh, as, he, as he says, and let's see which page is it here. Uh, how they can, uh, it, 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 this is, this, this, 
is a this is an explanation of how black people or actually how black people that are sentenced to crime usually don't have a jury of their peers they're usually judged by white people so they so so and and the process of of jury selection is and this has to do with the Sixth Amendment, and I lost where it was. He describes a process called Viordiri, V-O-I-R space D-I-R-E, and uh, which which this allows this allows a prosecutor to exclude certain members of the jury pool or 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 uh jury selection you know based on you know the the stupidest of reasons it could be anything actually so that that is one thing that people don't really take into consideration when they when they think about going you know if they if they thinking about going to court and be judged by a jury you want to make sure that you 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 can you can you can have a jury of your peers. And sometimes, you know, a jury of your peers is not gonna be, you know, 12 white jurors. You know what I mean? Especially if you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, an African-American and especially a low income African-American. And he, he lists the cases, uh, certain cases as precedent, like Batson versus Kentucky and uh, a couple others, but, and, and the thing is, uh, you know, he he gives he gives really really good reasons of you know of of dissent and really good reasons that you know that that shouldn't be allowed to take place. You know what I mean? So uh, is it really? Is it, oh hey Patricia. Yes, yes, this will be recorded and I and I'll be sending it out uh on the Real Brothers uh live page and also on the uh in the group chat and as well as on uh uh our our Facebook and Twitter pages. All right. So yeah, so uh this goes over jury of your white peers and uh then we we mosey on over to uh what is it? <clears throat> The, what he calls the most important part. Okay, and that starts out as, uh, in a sense, I've been explaining the Constitution with one hand tied behind my back. I've been looking at our rights and protections through the lens of the Bill of Rights and the Ten Amendments, originally appended to the Constitution, as the originalists do. I've been trying to explain why originals are wrong on their ground and on their terms, on the things that they claim to care about. I really do believe that the Eighth Amendment on its face renders capital punishment unconstitutional. I really do think that the right to an impartial jury enshrined in the Sixth Amendment must mean the right to, rep to a representative jury of one's community I absolutely believe that the Fourth Amendment protects 
uh, Fourth Amendment's protection against unreasonable search and seizure means that the cops cannot harass, arrest, or murder me simply because the officer has a hunch uh, about the color of my skin. I can make a textualist and even originalist case against the kind of white supremacy infused into our constitution. So, so he, he breaks it down and explains how, how, how the whole constitution is actually, like I said, it was written uh, by colonists and slave owners for the benefit, for the explicit benefit of other colonists and slave owners. And there's been amendments here and there, here and there, but the actual interpretations of the Constitution still remain because of, one, the Supreme Court, and two, because of our, uh, you know, our uh, Senate and Congress, mostly, well, I'll, I won't even say the Republican Senate and Congress. I'll say the the Senate and Congress in general, because it's all one machine. All right, and now, uh, and speaking of that, the next, like I said, it flows really good, and then it goes to, uh, we'll go to chapter 12, where he says, let's see here, reverse racism is actually not a thing. All right. And, and, and he goes into detail about explaining why that can't be the case. And, and, and he lays out a really good, a really good explanation of that. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let me see. I was looking. For, I had it marked here, but I'm looking here. One second. Okay, right here. Okay. He says here, there is nothing in the Constitution that requires courts to have a have different modalities for judicial review. And there's certainly nothing requiring courts to define those different standards the way they have. If it was up to, he says, if it was up to him, he changed his standard of review based on the diversity and legislature passing the law or regulation. Did minorities and women get a say in this ordinance? If so, sure, as long as it's not clearly stupid. <laughs> it should probably be constitution, constitutional. Did y'all really pass this law with an all white or disproportionately white legislature? Really? What year is this? If so, I'm not inclined to give you any, give you people any difference at all. So it, he, he goes into, and, and it's still like that today, surprisingly, that most of our laws and, and most of our, most of the laws of this land are are geared towards the success 
of the white male and uh, and geometrically opposed to that is the failure of the of the, of the black male so so I don't know if there's ever going to be any changes, but what I what I do know is that people should be aware of the environment that they actually live in. A lot of us, a lot of us aren't really aware of the laws that we a lot of us really aren't aware of the laws that we uh, that 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 we that we have in this country that are against us and and i think if they did i think if they did have the laws if if we did know how the laws were structured i think we would also be more uh willing or be more uh what's the word enthusiastic about making changes I'll, I'll say that I'll say it like that. All right. And uh, we're going to be winding down here because I only really allotted 30 minutes for this. And so let me get back to. Uh, and, OK, uh, reverse racism. OK. And then he has a chapter on abortion, which I mean, the, the laws that they they're passing now uh, on abortion is like. Uh, it's insane. And there's so much press, like Roe versus Wade. They weren't supposed. They're not supposed to be able to. Well, not supposed to be able to, but that should be a law or that should be a ruling that is not overturned because when when it was passed, it went through all of these reviews. It went through. It went through the whole process of being voted. This a lot of the members that were on the Supreme Court are still on the Supreme Court. So 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 you're going to tell me that just the passage of time is enough to is enough to 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 roll back just because I mean, what other reason, uh, you know, just only thing that I know is the passage of time. What's change? You know, I mean, I, I would even think I would even argue that abortion procedures are even easier now than they were, you know, when the when the Roe versus Wade uh, case first came uh, came to be. So that that is a that is a that is a situation that he explains very well, and also that we have to work in order to make sure that. That is not it's not overturned in, in the future. Well, that that we overturn the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade, because it's all about the woman's choice. And how can how can legislate legislators or the government tell a woman what she can do with her body? I mean, I, 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 I that's insane. That, that's insane. That is that is that's not freedom. Uh, that, that is not, that, that's nowhere close to freedom. That's, uh, that's fascism actually. Like if you can make a woman, uh, not have you, you can force a woman to have, 
you can force a woman to have a baby that she may not be able to take care of or that she may like even she, let's say a, 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 a woman was raped and you know and conceived a, a, a child during the rape you mean to tell me that you have to uh, raise a baby that you had no control over even even getting you know what I mean it just, it just doesn't make sense but anyway as far as the law is concerned he explains it really 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 well all right so I'm going to go to the last the last chapter and uh, the chapter is what if your vote didn't matter right all right so that's the last one well, it's actually not the last chapter. The last chapter is called the final battle, um, but that's the last one we're gonna we're gonna cover today. So, uh, you know, and it. What if your vote didn't actually matter? Uh, and and we, I kind of differ with 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 Ellie a little bit on this because I mean I do vote, but I only vote because I think there's a lesser of two evils. I mean, I think there's not a lot of uh, difference between the Republican and the Democratic Party. Not a lot of, I mean, there's some difference, but I don't think there's a lot. They're all controlled by lobbyists. They're all controlled by, you know, super PACs and, and, and the whole nine. Um, so he's saying that, that you know, we should we should vote more just to make sure that we can control the laws of the land and and that's that's true to some to some extent uh but the thing is as i see it right now and this is i'm you know i know it's supposed to be about the book but i'm just giving my uh my little two cents on it and he 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 you know he has a better grasp on uh politics and uh politics and the law than I have, especially when it comes to like gerrymandering and, you know, all of that. I think that your vote doesn't matter because if it did matter, if, if our votes actually matter, then the majority, the, the majority would be able to change the laws that they want changed. But as it is now, the majority, if, if, there's certain polls that the majority says, okay, we want this done. Here, for example, I'll give you one for 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 example, gun control, right? Uh, I saw an interview with Steve Kerr, and it said he said, you know, that that he stated that 90%, he said there was a survey that 90% of of our population in the United States agrees with uh gun control laws you know what i mean uh but you know it's it's still the bill has been you know written but it won't it hasn't passed and and that tells me that there's a there's the 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 government is not controlled by the people and and that is what a democracy is supposed to be because we're supposed to put people in office and then they're supposed to then go and make the changes that we want to make that their constituents want. And, you know, that, that, that barely ever happens. It's still the same old cycle. 
all the time. The 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 offices change hand, you know, from change hands, and Democrats have control, and Republicans have control, and Democrats have control, but nothing really changes. It's all the same. So, uh, you know, what if your vote didn't matter? What what would you do? What would you do to make change if your vote didn't matter? I guess that's the question that where you know he was posing, and uh, you know he gives a couple solutions. Uh, but you know, I, I I do believe it's you know that part may be a long way off. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for joining our digital neighborhood. Um, and uh, you know, I I, I once again I just want to thank everybody uh, for for listening a little bit, and I just want to uh, let you know that our book club will be reviewing books every uh, last Wednesday of each month. And the next book that we'll have on tap will be uh, Billy Carson's uh, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. Oh man, this is, this is such a, if you wanna know the history of where you come from and why you're here and, 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 and about your past, about our past as human beings, this is an excellent book. Excellent book. It, the Emerald Tablets are uh, tablets that are thousands and thousands of years old. Predates the Bible, predates the Quran, predates the Torah, all these religious books. They got their start from 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 here. So. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go through a little bit of that stuff uh, next month, and I hope uh, people will join us or, or get something out of it. And uh, you know, as always, love is the new black. And if uh, if if you're gonna be a leader, you gotta be a reader. All right. So I'll talk to y'all the next time, and uh, love you as always.